Okay. Cool. Oh, wow. What just happened? Nothing. It's working. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Cosmic Dice Psychic Hotline podcast. Woo. Yay. Woo. Yay. It is. I'm Grim Reefer Magic. And I'm Moody Julie. <laughs> Yay. Hotline right now. So if someone calls their shit out of luck, we're, we're doing it live on the pod. <laughs> yeah. I am, I'm finally, okay, I'm drinking the first bag from the new batch of Cosmic Dice Psychic Tea. I'm very fucking stoked. Um, it, like, this is, I am obsessed with it in a way that I didn't think I would be. Like, I, I knew it was good, but now I'm like, I need it <laughs> in my life. And that's Perfect. cool, like, when you create stuff that you actually want to consume and want to share with people, so really glad that we have this joy back in our lives and we're going to be whatever we do not sell out of at the punk rock flea market in edmonton on may 20th at richie hall join me if you are there you can meet cosmic dice at least a little bit of us in real life i will be giving readings there as well as slinging hot beverages and maybe ice beverages who knows if the ice machine will cooperate with us on that day but yeah we have new Cosmic Dice Tea, and we're ready to share it with the fucking world again, because it was very well received last time. Oh my god, everyone who had it was obsessed with it. Mm -hmm. Like, I personally love it so much. It's very bright. It's, like, very, like, um, lower chakra stimulating, if I may, uh, while still being very, like, psychic and... Yeah, just like very bright. It's just so, like, sweet and delicious, and I definitely have never had a tea that like packed that much of a punch before uh just so happy about it i'm so stoked that it's back i'm so excited yeah and we didn't like the recipe is still the same i think it was honestly like perfect the first time around um so in case you're curious about it it's made it's herbal tea it's caffeine free um and there is passion fruit pineapple orange peel saffron CBD isolate and hemp flower and leaves in hemp leaves in here. Sorry. Um, and it is supposed to, it's psychic in the way that it like works in synergy with like your mind body. Like it really helps you get like connected and feeling good. I would find, I, I would say like I'm an Aries. So I like more like fun, fruity, bright teas. I feel like a lot of air signs and fire signs will agree with me there. Um, and yeah, it's like a really sunny, but grounding tea. Like I feel so chill drinking it. And my mom gets like a really nice buzz off of the CBD. Um, I'm going to double check, but I'm pretty sure it is 50 milligrams of CBD per bag, which is why you can reuse the bag like three times when you're drinking it to get like all of the good stuff out of it. So amazing. I forgot that there was hemp flower in it too. Like I love those kinds of flavors, like the skunky adjacent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, so good to me. It's like an inner child healing tea also because it's just so like bright and friendly and like um, easy to enjoy. A lot of like mm -hmm. other herbal teas are a little bit more musky and um, adult, but this one's very like inner child vibe. So yeah, yeah. I'm so fucking stoked about it. Yeah, it, with the adult CBD in it. Don't give this to your children. <laughs> I mean, what you do with your kids is up to you. Just be safe and aware of what's happening. 
The cool thing about this tea also is that it is made in collaboration with um, someone that I met here in Edmonton who is also from uh, Toronto and they have been living and working in Edmonton the last like eight years. It's Ani from Haikyuu Co. Productions and they do everything gluten-free, vegan, all natural. Um, I, I'm not too sure about all of the other ingredients right now, but I will double check that when Ani is back from their trip um, to talk more about like what's in the tea specifically. I do know that one of my favorite parts of the tea is the orange peel that they harvested and dried in Trinidad where their family is, where some of their family is. So that was really exciting for me to have like, like that like Toronto connection, but also that like, I don't know, just like weed is magical and brings people together in really cool ways. So I'm really happy that we have Haikyuu in our lives. Haikyuu yeah, lives. I love like um, not only the Toronto connection, but also like the Caribbean diaspora in Toronto is like so deeply yes. for the culture to the point that like we have like little white kids from Serbia running around speaking like Jamaicans because of how like, yes. the dialect and everything has been in like influencing on kids um and so i just like i've been really culturally appreciating like caribbean magic as well and just like the food the flavors the you know diasporic elements and like learning mm -hmm. about the history and learning about how important those people were in like shaping the culture that i know in toronto today yes. yeah like, absolutely you know, really appreciating that and really wonderful to like both of us as people who grew up here and experienced that like as outsiders to also like you know boost someone else who's like you know a tastemaker in more than ways than more ways than one basically exactly and ani actually fucking won um an award from the canna expo 2023 for most inclusive um cannabis educator i believe was the category which was really awesome because the work that I've seen them do has been inclusive and awesome. Like they work um, with us, which is really cool because we are a non-binary company as well. Um, and the way that they have been just educating people about cannabis and educating other uh, people about the impact of black women in cannabis, which I can't fully see. I want to have her on here actually to talk more about not just the tea yeah. but like her business and what it means to like I, I just think it's really cool another fun fact about the tea is that um the pollinators in these farm fields where she gets a lot of the herbs and materials from um like the cbd plants are poll cross-pollinated by like the the butterflies and bees and all of the other bugs who go to the lavender fields. And then, so it's all coming together in, I don't know, what's a better way to put it than synergy, I guess. I don't know, maybe there is. I'm just a little bit, you know, you know what it is with like metaphorical, like literal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and going back to what you were saying about Caribbean magic and culture, we talked a little bit about this on the side today. Um, First of all, I grew up in a very like Caribbean neighborhood of Toronto. So absolutely, I a lot of my life has been influenced by um, Caribbean people and black women. Like they basically raised us on the street, you know, everybody, it, it was a cool community. Everybody's mom is everybody's like auntie and stuff. So we, 
we, I, I had a really lucky like upbringing uh, coming up in that and <laughs> like how that's affected my life and like driving me towards like the kind of people that I want to work with as well. Um, and it's interesting because I actually have like kind of like generational history with uh, the Caribbean community. Like my grandmother, um, my cook, when she decided like after all of her kids were grown, her and her husband traveled. And then after he passed, her and her sister traveled and she traveled independently. And they would always go to St. Kitts and Nevis and they loved going to the Caribbean. And I found out it was because a lot of like aspects of the culture kind of like overlapped for her, like where they bring, uh, like for lack of a better word, like magic and spirituality into every single thing that they do. And like the sense of community and elders and respect for elders and respect for children was very prevalent where she would visit as well. So it's really cool to like have that. And then like my parents used to like travel to Jamaica all the time. Obviously my parents, my dad specifically giant pothead. So loved the community there as well and found friends in the communities of Toronto like that. Oh my God. I just, sorry. I just remembered another story. I'm not going to tell that right now. You, you talk. <laughs> uh, I was thinking throughout the whole time when you were talking about the Caribbean, um, I'm not sure you probably know about Pamela Coleman Smith, the creator of the Rider Waite Tarot. Um, mm -hmm. There's like some messy history about her that indicates that like she may have possibly been um, like stolen from Jamaica by her dad uh, who was in the Caribbean. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. either she was born there and then taken over, but her papers were kind of fucked or she was like literally like a, a, a girl taken from like a local local family and and brought because she was like very racially ambiguous and so on and so mm -hmm. forth and because like a hundred years ago like race existed but like not in the same way if you know what i mean and especially if like you were born not in america and racialized like it was it was just different and like so nobody fully will ever know but pamela coleman smith spent a lot of time in jamaica like always kept coming back there obviously her father had like business roots and whatever but like mm -hmm. i still think that this like caribbean ma magic energy is like um portrayed in the Rider Waite Smith in like secret little ways you know like because that's basically the way that she grew up right yeah. so like cool. I, I definitely see that in like the colors and like the playfulness of it as well that makes a lot of sense you, white people take themselves way too fucking seriously <laughs> to have created like this the pages you know so yeah totally totally yeah i feel like i'm always dropping pamela coleman smith like um knowledge because she was she was such a unique person for her era like possibly queer gender queer possibly like possibly black possibly not you know like messy ideals around r race she definitely like had the shtick when she was in the golden dawn that she like played like a black mammy type character but nobody knows if it was like actually something that she like learned from the locals as like a culturally relevant thing for herself or if she like appropriated it and like you know just so many so many things about her that we'll never know but the culture is definitely reflected in the magic that she has given us today so mm -hmm. yeah that's my little tangent about you know um 
Caribbean, how it relates to Toronto, how it relates to our tea, how we're like really happy to champion that magic. And like also just a little note about like appreciating a culture versus appropriating a culture. And like, I hope that we're doing it in a way that honors the former, you know? Yeah, honestly, that has been a bit like cultural learning, cultural appropriation versus cultural appre appreciation has been an ongoing thing for me, whether I've been aware of me doing that work or not um, in my own life with my own like half native side and then like the white side, right? And then like growing up in, like growing up in Weston, it's like cultures everywhere. Um, so like I said earlier, I was really lucky to grow up in that environment, but also um, I did have to learn like the hard way in a lot of times, like what was like what I absorbed that was like racist and harmful without like fucking realizing it or not knowing um, and kind of going on that journey. And really like if I wasn't aware of it before, um, I'm hyper aware of it now that I run a, a psychic spiritual business because cultural appropriation and like racism is prevalent in our field <laughs> like very prevalent and in most cases like the backbone of a lot of people's practices unfortunately whether they realize it or not and there in my opinion there's no excuse to not realize it and want to do better when you have a computer in your hand 24 7 and you have access and freedom of information in most of the places these people are living um so yeah, I, I personally, I don't understand why you would want to, again, this is my roots having been in colonization, you know, like wh why would you want to take things that are not yours when people are not allowed to use them freely themselves, right? Or they don't even know them themselves. Yeah, fully, fully agree. Um, and just that, you know, thin line of appropriating it versus being like, wow, I really enjoy this thing from this culture and I'm going to pay someone from that culture who practices it to show it to me, you know, and I'm going to give them what they deserve and support them so that they can continue doing what they need to do. You know what I mean? Um, rather than being like, oh, now this is what I do and this is my culture, you know, actually. Um, yeah, it's, it's really wild how deeply entrenched that entitlement over like global spirituality is in in these kinds of businesses in these kinds of circles and it's really sad because like you know like irish paganism etc like um that stuff is so accessible to people who are white and very cool and very deep and there's just like so much that you can go into that but unfortunately bitches are more excited to burn uh you know white sage rather than um you know queen anne's lace so uh, it is what it is oh yeah i did I, I did i muted myself of course um okay yeah it the the thing about that that really struck me as you were saying that was it's accessible and that is something that people really take for granted um for I, excuse my pronunciation on that word i have a hard time saying things with t's um but i yeah it's accessible like a lot of the the ancestral wisdom that i could possibly access is gone 
and does not exist in some cases, or is very hard to translate because languages are lost, the original meanings are lost, or like so many different factors. Whereas, yeah, you can go and find any kind of like white paganism. There's endless texts on it. And like, they're actually uh, historically accurate in a lot of cases, whereas for a lot of indigenous media, or not media, sorry, a lot of indigenous like ways of being that have been recorded by colonizers are incomplete or incorrect or, you know, like fucked up through religion that wasn't here naturally. So the the accessibility part is something that people really should appreciate if their cultures were not eradicated and that magic was never like, <laughs> you know, like try to be wiped off the face of the planet almost successfully or like got there halfway, you know? Absolutely, fully. Yeah, and just like uh, not to go off on a tangent because I know that we have stuff that we want to get to, but also just like thinking about like um, Caribbean people and the Caribbean diaspora and like the layers of diaspora that come into that specific spirituality and how cool it is that there are some stuff that are remembered, but then like grown upon, um, you know, uh, like expanded based on what did get passed on. You know, I think, I think it's just really cool how like culture can grow and evolve and like, mm -hmm. Similar to kind of what I was saying last podcast, like um, I have a bunch of like mishmash of beliefs based on like what I carried on from my upbringing and what I adopted when, you know, I got married and what I adopted when I became a little bit more spiritually aware, you know, all of those things and kind of shaping and growing into something more unique rather than studying someone else's shit and hoping that I'm doing it right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And something that I hope a white person into burning sage takes away from this is that you have your own culture probably <laughs> like you probably do like what's so bad about being like i'm a lot of scottish you know like what's so bad about being scottish what's so bad about learning about scottish paganism and witchcraft it's actually really interesting um and learning that like like where my family is from in those areas and like what their magic could have been like there's there's absolutely nothing wrong with learning that too and I try to balance you know like spending more time on that stuff or I try to balance my time like learning about Cree Métis culture versus the Scottish culture I'm not even going to touch the other ones because like who knows where we're adopted from but like those are really prevalent in my life and it's like why do you like i i respect so many other cultures and i love like learning about them and i want to i'm very curious and i think that people should be curious about the global community and the people around them so i'm always wondering like what do people do for this or what do people like, think about for that so when i worked in death care part that was really interesting to me was learning about practices around the world so you can learn about them and you can appreciate them and respect them and have them inspire and influence you, but you really don't have to take, you don't have to take things from it, you know, and not, I think I mentioned this maybe in a Patreon episode, but like not everything is for you. Not everything needs to be for you. You do not have to consume and integrate and accept and be everything that you are looking at. Like not everything has to be accessible 
to your understanding as well, because like it, it's just not your culture or your language or something like that. And if you want to show it respect, like be with those people, learn the language, um, just learn. Learning is basically and sharing your own wisdom about your own culture. Like that is that's appreciation versus appropriation. Absolutely. And just to add on to that, I feel like this kind of ties into some discourse that I've been hearing about on the internet a lot about how like not every hobby has to be monetized. Capitalism kind of ruined hobbies for us, for example. So if you just want to learn, you can learn, you can research about indigenous spirituality, you can like learn about their methods, you can like go to uh, places where it's displayed and taught and like um, integrate respective respectfully with people who are also interested in it and like, uh, but then like shut your shut your mouth about it, you know, like shut up, like don't post about it on the internet, don't don't um, make your own little you know versions of whatever you want to do and sell them. Don't like charge people to also learn about this culture from you. Like maybe you don't need to do that. Maybe you can just be interested in something and just shut up about it. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you, know, you can just appreciate things and learn about them and like be involved and like you know be on the sidelines and hopefully be an ally but you don't have to be the one to administer this like sacred knowledge or you know teach people about it especially if you're making money from it so that's my take i know some people might think like no don't even learn about it at all but you know again as someone who has an appreciation for for example like caribbean folk magic from like a appreciation perspective like i'm i always feel blessed whenever you know i uh, go to a practitioner who has that relationship and they show me a piece of it but i'm i'm not gonna say shit about it especially for money you know yeah <laughs> i know we were talking earlier too we we're like let's do this episode as like a fun one you know we're throwing around words like discourse and but these are important too and you can still have fun in doing these like spiritual psychic fun esoteric things by not being an asshole like <laughs> that's the thesis don't be an asshole um fully and yeah like i think the thing about spirituality is that everyone thinks that it's all fun and games until they realize that they're doing something deeply fucked up and with the spiritual shit like you you kind of have to have a deep sense of respect over it if you want to practice it in any dimension um and like part of having fun is like knowing where to draw the line you know what i mean so yeah i mean uh in terms of having fun and speaking about like culture and stuff from within your culture and what we do that's fun in our culture i guess i'm gonna like just kick it off by like explaining a little bit about like a fun piece of my mm -hmm. divination practice that i've researched or that i have reconnected with in the past i want to say it's been less than a year um so as probably i've mentioned on this podcast before um poland in the year uh 900 66 that's 900 not 1966 but 966 like it, it was like a tribal community before that but this was when it like formally became a nation state when the like prince of poland married a czech princess and he was able to like become the king the first king of poland but a catch of that was that um the nation had to convert to 
uh, to Catholicism because the Czech Republic was Catholic, or I guess it would be Czechoslovakia back then. I have no, I have no clue, but Czech, let's just say Czech. Um, and so before that, it was like pagan tribal religion. Um, there is like an overarching like Slavic mythology that I'm not really that connected with personally because I like don't really care about lore like hot take I don't really care about lore oops <laughs> take what you like and leave what you don't um, but uh, I think Polish Catholicism is quite interesting because a lot of like the folk tradition and the like cultural traditions have been like kind of interwoven within Catholicism, Catholicism. Um, and a big thing that I really love about like Polish Catholic culture is the feast day of St. Andrew, where it's like the one night a year, it's in late November sometime, um, where you're supposed to be doing divination. And specifically you're supposed to be doing like love readings. <laughs> so unfortunately it is very like still falling into the like cis hetero patriarchal Catholic vibe where, you know, the girls are encouraged to do this divination to find out like which boys they're going to marry or who's going to marry, get married first, or like, what's your love life going to be like, right? It's very like, one could even argue that it's like grooming, you know, it's the night that you get like kind of groomed for getting married one day. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. That, that's pretty, that's white Catholic influence, you know, and also to keep commu their community going, I guess, like yeah, in the, totally. in the nine hundreds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so like in the modern day, there's still this, um, you know, this holiday, Saint a feast day of St. Andrews, there's always like dances and, you know, things like that. And people always get together and do their little divination on that night as well. It's like one of the most turn up days in Polish culture. Like it's the one day that you like don't have to go to church, but there's like a huge party, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and, um, so there's a few methods of divination. My favorite one and the one that I've started using as like a supplement to my practice, since it's love-based mostly, I usually offer it like during the week of the feast day of St. Andrew and then during Valentine's Day to just kind of make it culturally relevant, but it is wax reading. Um, and so classically, you would have a bowl of water and you would have... Um, like a candle that's melted enough. And then some families use like a, a key, like a big old school mystical looking ass key, um, you know, just for that like energy of like unlocking the divine, channeling, you know, your inner wisdom, like kind of taking the ritual from being something in the mundane world to being in the divine sphere. And you would pour the wax through the keyhole and then um, scry whatever came out. So you would like pick it out and be like, oh, it looks like a heart. It looks like you're gonna fall in love this year, you know, uh, asking a specific question or like in general and then like picking out the wax and reading from the wax. Um, and that's been really fun for me. I feel like a lot of people have really been into it this year. Um, and I just feel like the reading always hits. <laughs> like <laughs> it kind of, it, it, it's surprising me that like, you know, like uh, outside of 
tools, divination tools that have like a specific like codex, like each tarot card has a chart somewhere with the meaning written down, right? And that's like known lore and everyone has their own little like interpretation outside of that, but this is like what it's meant to be, you know, like with the fucking wax, you can get some crazy shit. <laughs> You can get some weird Shrek looking things and you have to then, you know, accept that the first thing that you saw when you poured this wax <laughs> was like a weird Shrek looking thing. And you have to explain to this like girly who's like 22 who like got a reading from you like that like, oh, well, you got a Shrek looking thing, oh, you know, and you have to like work on making it profound and giving them like a little nugget that's not just like you're gonna have an ugly ass boyfriend who's old <laughs> you know what I mean? but like, he has layers <laughs> yeah so, you know that's been part of my my polish culture that like even though ultimately super problematic uh you know these days it's like a very like cis hetero patriarchal um heteronormative culture like you know nationalistic you know very related in the church like this is kind of like connection to the divine beyond the god the the christian god and like it's so rare to be able to access that in like a a meaningful way that like is actually allowed on this one day too you know and so like kind of picking out these elements of like slavic paganism that actually feel right to me to use, you know, has, has just been like a really fun way of adjusting my divination practice that has been fully just based on vibes, you know, like I, I remember doing this with my, with my mom and grandma before, but you know, they would always, their interpretations wouldn't be too deep, but allowing myself to like take it to the depth that I take my tarot readings and like, working off of that, you know, very unique format has just been like super fun and has given, given me so much more to think about, you know, rather than the, the like little white book of it all. That's yeah. <laughs> First of all, I realized I was like, Oh my God, you're so loud. Why is it so loud? It's because I didn't turn my headphones down. So I was laughing at myself for realizing that like, at however long it's been. Um, but it's, I, okay, so I have like almost a complete like rejection of anything that my family has done ever. Like a lot of um, Christian Catholic, Catholic practices um, are like taken from a lot of pagan religions and shit like that. So it's like, I I could separate that and be like, yeah, I do have like paganism in my family, definitely on the Scottish side. Like that's cool and everything, but I actually like I don't want any part of that and because I didn't grow up with like knowing that certain things that I was doing were like quote unquote like native, you know? Like they were, but I didn't have any reference point for that. Like I didn't grow up with any other like Cree families or Métis families around us so I never had that like understanding of what it was and now as an adult like that I have been reconnecting I like I just don't bring any of my and I don't bring any of my indigenous spiritual learnings or teachings like to my 
psychic practice and that's mostly because I think that it just needs to be protected more and this is going back to like the cultural appropriation and appreciation thing like I also feel like many other reconnecting native people that I've spoken to like it's it doesn't feel like it's for me and I would never market like I would find I would feel so ick if I was like called an indigenous like psychic astrologer or whatever like that was that would be so cringe to me because I'm not trying to bring my culture into my psychic business because it's not for everyone and I don't understand the depths of certain things yet myself because I haven't been able to experience them in an authentic enough way by my standards and by my like elders standards and by my friends standards so like um I I bring I would say I bring in a lot more of my university teaching as a method of divination because I one I'm very proud of my university experience I put myself through university and I'm the first person on my mom's side to go to university period and I'm the first person out of all of my like siblings and cousins to have gone and put like I said paid for it myself did the whole fucking thing and I still want to go back I really do love school I'm definitely an academic at heart so I fully reject all of these like practices that I have from like half of my family. I will protect the other side. And then I really like putting everything because that was kind of the theme of my life, right? Like I didn't know where I belonged, so I'm going to carve my own way. And as an Aries too, that you just have to accept that there's no blueprint in life for you. Um, you have to be the blueprint you have to make the shit that you want to happen happen yourself like aries are the trailblazers of the zodiac for a reason we we're here first so we're we're setting the stage you know so i like to bring my university teachings in and that is um i love uh deconstructionist <laughs> critical and cultural theory um shit sorry i just bumped into my table um Derrida is one of my all-time favorite things to have read throughout university. I studied um, a lot of psychoanalysis. So when you get a reading with me, you're actually getting like the shit that I learned in university that everybody said wasn't going to help me later on in life. How's your fucking nine to five desk job going? Um, so we're, we're doing the things well. We're, we're working with what we have. And I used to feel a lot of like sadness and like loss and kind of like inauthenticity that I wasn't like bringing any of my like cultural shit to my magic practice. But like at the end of the day, like Cree culture isn't for everybody, especially because it has been genocided <laughs> you know indigenous culture across canada has been genocided and a lot of people who even like had a completely different upbringing than me like grew up on the res like they have no connection to their culture in some cases and like that's really fucking sad and tragic so off limits for the general public but you will get my very expensive undergrad degree wisdom and street smarts <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean, like you're allowed to gatekeep. Like I'm pro mm -hmm. gatekeeping. I'm pro not sharing everything right away. I'm pro like, uh, you know, especially if you come from a marginalized community. Like, why? Mm -hmm. Why am I worthy of you sharing your culture with me? Like, I think that 
being like having access to somebody else's culture is a privilege and mm -hmm. it's fully like not everyone's right to have that especially seeing how a lot of times when people have extended when cultures have extended their welcome to other people to outsiders they have literally gotten genocided so yes. it completely makes sense that you know you wouldn't want that i i hear you and i like support your perspective and i think the reason why I, as a Polish person who is into magic, or I should say a first generation immigrant Polish person who is into magic, who like lives on stolen land, coming from like a white culture that in the past has always been very multicultural. There have always been in Poland, other than in the last hundred years, there have always been many cultures and many different religions, ethno-religions, etc. to live in Poland because of how central it is and how close mm -hmm. the Baltic Sea it is. And just kind of like uh, being the border between Eastern and Western Europe um, has always attracted like, you know, people on trade routes and things like that. Uh, knowing that it's kind of like a public domain kind of place until in the last hundred years where mostly because of fucking hitler um you know people are now like ethno-nationalists mm -hmm. closed up a little bit more uh you know thinking about ethnic purity in poland because of all of the fucked up shit that happened in the last hundred years also with the soviet union etc just like I understand why people feel this way and I also don't think it's right and I don't think it's helpful. So I feel like bringing some of that pre, uh, pre ethno-nationalist perspective on Polish culture being like, oh, like, you know, St. Andrew's feast day, it's for everybody. You're, you don't have to believe in St. Andrew, but you know what I mean? Um, I, that idea of being like, I live in a post Poland, existence and so i can make that whatever i want to make it and especially as someone who's operating you know from from a place that is really multicultural that maybe is reminiscent of what the place of my ancestors used to be like you know i'm i'm also gonna kind of like pitch pitch what i know and pitch what's actually good and like make those cultural cultural practices continue going but i completely understand why you with the relationship that you have with the land also with what this place means to you would have a completely different outlook on that geez i'm just thinking we we were planning for this to be like fun and light and now we're talking about colonialism which is like <laughs> real but it's real shit man it's like it's shit that we honestly like th the reason okay <laughs> the reason we are so fun and goofy and the way that we both are in as individuals and as a team is because we are so aware of the capitalist hellscape we are all living and dying within and i think that like i said earlier and i have like i'm white as fuck white people take themselves way too fucking seriously because they're like grasping on to this like you know and that's a whole other conversation the white supremacist and spirituality conversation which you are basically like it's it isn't another conversation we're basically having it now who get who the fuck cares we're off topic nobody knows what's going to happen on the cosmic dice hotline podcast and apparently neither do we Shit just comes off the dome so it, it's just like these people like white supremacists 
take themselves so seriously, like clinging on to this fabricated identity of nothingness that is only operational within capitalism. And it is such fucking bullshit and pisses me off so much that why would I waste my fucking hard-earned bougie-ass university education to not subvert that shit? Like, because it's so fucking stupid to me that that is the prevalent, like, why are there people in this country, on this land, we're speaking about so-called Canada right now, like, why are there people who have told, like, literally indigenous people to get off of their land like why why have i had people at the dog park come up to me and tell me oh my wife's from india and they speak really good english over there even though english isn't their first language like it is in canada you know just like this tone deaf fucking head empty idiot with this literal supercomputer in their hand bullshit yeah <sighs> anyway passion passionately pissed off about that shit but that's why I ultimately that is why the cosmic dice psychic hotline and podcasts and anything adjacent to whatever I'm going to be doing or creating with you is going to be the way that it fucking is because you know you can't take yourself too seriously within a system that wasn't built to let you survive um I also like why there is uh, like with psychic shit with doing readings for people like you like you're doing serious shit like you're convening with god like fully and completely right um like that can be really intimidating really scary really like heavy for a lot of people too especially people with like religious trauma or who have like loved ones who've passed who want like a connection to them like that shit can be really 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 scary and like heavy and just like not fun um, but it can also be like he immensely healing and like being able to hold both the light and the dark together is really, really special. Um, and also just kind of like make like teasing people who maybe wouldn't be in that like serious realm into having their own special connection with the divine, with what whatever the fuck that means with spirituality, right? Like showing them that another way is possible is like just really really enlightening and i do feel like a big part of my my practice is is just like making people comfortable and like showing them that they don't have to be scared of divination or the future or the truth or you know whatever is going to happen and kind of like empowering them to sit with heavy stuff and you have to be a little bit goofy in order to make someone believe that it's actually going to be okay right yeah i i've been going through this like inner conflict lately as a psychic who is becoming more like public with their craft and stuff and like doing more public facing things instead of just like hiding in my office doing readings over google meet all day you know like i'm I've said this so many times when I'm putting myself out there. That's the best way that I can put it. Um, because fundamentally, I hate doing that. But I've always been put in situations where I have to and I have to take like control of the situation and I have to lead it in a specific direction because a lot of people are scared and indecisive. And I was blessed with gifts that make me decisive and wise and quick thinking. So why am I not using those gifts? 
but at the same time i have a lot of like insecurity because i have been a fucking like goofy ass bitch my whole life like i'm always like i know that once i make someone laugh like i can forge a connection with them and my shit has to be funny because i do talk a lot about dying and death and being around the dead and talking to the dead and all that shit so it's like I have this kind of inner conflict sometimes of like the way that I present myself and like even we talked a little bit about this like my mini identity crisis that was really just like existentialism which is existentialism is not your identity and it's not something that you want to strive to be or be stuck in for a long time. Um, another one of my university level teaching fuck existentialism it drags you down um, but I, I feel like I have to present and this is like culturally also relevant and like capitalist relevant as well. Like, I feel like I have to present a certain way. Like I have to look like a dark, mysterious, like witchy babe in a field and like do photo shoots and like look as like play a part almost. But like, I, I do consider myself a performance for, for uh, a performance artist. Um, and I do respect performance art and performance artists. And I do understand that there is an element of performance art that goes into being a psychic. And, you know, just anything that is like a little off the wall for people, you have to put on some kind of performance or mask to a, to a degree. But like I have done masking and faking and adapting and being as mutable as possible for everybody around me to like give their projections and stuff to me that that is like, absolutely not something I want to fuck with ever and that like wanting to present a certain way as a psychic is like really real <laughs> okay because like when I was in fucking Toronto and now I'm so ready to speak about this because I had my like inner dialogue and like my exploration of what this felt like and what it meant to me but I really do feel like when people come for a psychic reading they're expecting you to present a certain way um get that shit out of your head bro like if you're coming for a psychic reading expect someone who is fucking weird if you want the real shit it's kind of like you know like you never go to a chinese restaurant that's rated five stars because you know that white people eat there you have to go somewhere that's like 3.5 stars or whatever because you know it's like bad service equals better fucking food in my humble foodie opinion um but like i had a person come to me for an in-person reading and i've only had this happen a couple times where like you kind of see what i'm dressed in and you're sitting with me for a second and i'm kind of cracking jokes with you at the beginning to get you comfortable but you're not seeing like a goddess like an ethereal wise like witchy i'm so spiritual like person that you're you kind of do expect if you're paying for a tarot reading i guess it, like i said get that shit out of your head um, and to be honest, if you do have those like expectations, like I'm not the practitioner for you. And at any time, you don't have to give me your money. <laughs> like you don't have to talk to me. You don't have to have a reading with me. Um, again, not everybody or everything is for you. But I did have a client who uh, was brand new to me. And it was when I was in Toronto. And immediately they were like, this reading doesn't resonate with me. And I'm like, okay, like, First of all, I don't think that this person was open to a reading at this point in time. I think they were like, oh, people are offering readings. I'll just get one. Readers are going to be around forever. You can call one at any time. You don't have to take the opportunity because it's presented to you. Just like if you're not feeling it, you're not feeling it. 
Um, but I was like, oh, okay, well, we can, if you don't want to do this anymore, like we can go or I can keep going, blah, blah, blah. It made me really nervous because what I should have said was, okay, I don't feel like, I, I really didn't feel like energetically, like this is what this person needed or wanted at this time. And you can say that things don't resonate, but then like, don't put yourself through sitting through them or open your mind up to perhaps this is perhaps this is asking me questions or bringing up things that I wouldn't normally ask myself, which is honestly the intention behind my readings is the power of thinking differently about your situation. So it's it's really interesting that people will sit in that like discomfort, but reject it at the same time and like still pay you money. What I wish I said was like, never mind, like we don't have to do this at all. Like, please do not get a reading from me but like uh, I also felt like I had to perform like the act of like well don't worry like we'll just do it like calm this person down like mm. at the end of the day if you're not ready for a reading you're not ready for a reading and like that's nobody's fault and it's not a bad thing it's just like knowing when you're making someone like dance for you is very uncomfortable yeah, yeah. I was actually just thinking that the whole time it's like there are people who want to get a reading because they're at a point in their life where they want guidance or they want help yeah. in considering things and that's like the great client but then there's also the client that like wants to fool you and wants to see if you're gonna get it and whatever you know like oh just give me a general reading hmm really but they're like trying to trick you you know and it's annoying like I think that in order to actually get a reading to hit you have to you have to like buy into it if you know what i mean it's like the lover's card you know if you're not if you're not here and you're not nodding your head it's not gonna work you know yeah, yeah and that's like everything and truly like a reading of any kind is an energy exchange like i'm reading you and like a lot of people don't want to hear this but sometimes we do match your energy and mm -hmm. i don't think it's right to do that all the time but like outwardly like negative or like people who are just trying to like catch you in whatever, which is also very strange, like you said, are just like, you're wasting like everybody's time. Like this is completely unnecessary. You could be putting this $25 towards therapy instead. So like, please do not like, like trick yourself into thinking that you want to be connected to spiritual messages because you can't figure your own shit out. This is a whole other tangent for me. Like if I can always tell when someone's coming to me because they want to be told something versus they want affirmation for something and readings are always better if you come into it with the understanding that i'm not trying to fucking make shit up for you okay i'm just here to point you in the direction that you're probably already on and already have a good understanding of in your own life because you're the master of that reality i know nothing fucking about it i'm only giving what you're putting out there so what you give a lot of the time is what you're going to get in return and I am going to become better at just being like, listen, this, like, we don't have to do this with my clients who like pre-book. This was like a pop-up reading. So it wasn't like anything like that big of a deal or like, it wasn't like a really serene, like one-on-one -on -one type situation. It was literally on a front yard. So it's, it's a lot different of an experience as well. But like at the end of the day, um, you got to be open to what you want in order to get it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, fully agree. And um, just going off of the general theme that we've fallen off of, but like for fun too, it's, I have done a lot of readings at parties. Um, I like get hired to read tarot at like this one hotel in Toronto pretty regularly. And 
my performance artist self loves that and my like you know uh autistic person at the party wearing the mask and having the job is like totally you know fulfilled but it's also a very different kind of reading like not everyone who goes there like wants to talk about their ex not everyone who goes there is like um you know actually trying to make a change in their life they kind of just want to listen to what you have to say and then either take it or don't it's like a fun party game rather than it is like a serious reading and like in those cases like you know i i do cater my readings to be something that like a little nugget a little like fun coincidence that like you know i said something about your life that like is actually relevant you know and then make a little prediction or a divination for you and you put that in your back pocket and you like drink alcohol and laugh with your girlfriends about it and like you know like as a psychic, <laughs> literally as a psychic like you just have to have all of the all of the little buckets of like what you pull on like okay am i am i reading for one hour for the bitch on instagram who like hired me for a for a one-on-one -on -one voice call for an hour because mostly she needs therapy and like i'm just a person who's like less intimidating than a therapist who she can hire for one one hour sorry to call you a bitch it's empowering i love these clients love them obsessed um or am i raised literally or am i like uh you know at the fancy hotel and i'm like the mystical entertainment content you know like how what's different like obviously for girly who i'm having the one-on-one -on -one with like i'm gonna ask her a little more deep questions i might bring up some challenging stuff because it's just us and we have this like sacred space meanwhile at the party like this is where i can be goofy this is where i can like tell talk about like sex and hookups and like um who you might meet when you go out and like things like that and be a little bit more edgy and even if the hard stuff comes up i can be like joking about it but even through that joke i might be able to you know have someone take that to heart and like together we laugh at it but then at home they're like oh yeah i should really consider this you know like it's it's stylistic in if I want to be this like person who's supporting you in your heavy space or if I'm going to be like the person who like offers you like kind of fun and games kind of like content for you to think about and and you know feel feel fun about at the party and like a, a big part of that too is like which face am I going to bring like what person am I going to be when I when I interact here I feel like I if you get a reading with me i'm like always literally looking like this like i'm always wearing like some sort of hat a t-shirt sweatpants comfy you know if i'm at the fancy hotel even then like just just like whatever business casual and for me business casual is like a dress and a jean jacket like i'm always going to be this more accessible looking person because in the end like I want to be your friend that you like come to and you trust me to discuss these things with you. I like want to look a little bit freaky so that like you know that I'm like quirked up and I'm ready to give you like some so, like an experience, but like I'm not here to have any air of like superiority or like I'm connected to spirit and you're not and that's why you're coming with me. Like I'm I'm not a goddess. I'm not I'm not, you know, any sort of divine person. Sometimes I wear a headscarf, but it's like more 
more like quirky than it is like meant to mean something to you and like i think both of us have this energy of us where we are accessible we're normal people we are just like you you also can contact the divine if you want like this is we've just learned how to do this in a way to facilitate for other people but anyone can basically have this same job that we do or do the same thing for themselves like the beauty of like the psychic world is that everybody is capable some people just need to learn their language or to like learn how to open up the, themselves to these messages if you know what i mean and so like yeah i i, I personally i if you're looking to too done up if you're wearing a costume i don't trust you in that situation like you are you are like a reader for hire for like giving me the like uh capitalism version of spirituality but my favorite readers one my the first girl the first like psychic girl that i ever went to uh, her name is erin marie she's a medium i went to her house she lived in the east end I sat at her kitchen table. She was wearing sweatpants and a hoodie and had tattoos, but she was like so chill. It was the best experience in the world because she was so accessible and it made, it it wasn't intimidating or scary and I could really be myself. And the second person, my mentor Caitlin, like I met her at a coffee shop in Brooklyn and she was wearing leggings and a t-shirt and like had ridden her scooter there, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> It's fully like normal people have these abilities and normal people probably are giving it to you more real and raw than the people who wear the high priestess costume, you know? So oh God, the high priestess. Yeah. Everybody, everybody wants to be the high priestess. Nobody wants to be the fucking fool. Jeez. The high priestess is like, I would not want to be the high priestess. She is There's too much just, going on there. Yeah. Too much responsibility. Literally, literally. And she's, yeah i just i'm the fool i i'm here i'm just like you i convene with the rich people at the fancy hotel and like the you know random poor people on the street like i i talk to everyone i give everyone the same treatment you know i am who i am right so <sighs> that was a big tangent but it like again like you can you can really tailor your message to the environment and i think that's a really big part of all of this you know is is knowing Still, how, to yeah. land, how to land your shit properly yeah <laughs> they taught us in funeral school about having an elevator pitch like about yourself so for those who weren't fucking beaten in the head by this ele elevator pitch concept in one year of college um where it never actually matters because everybody is fucking talking about themselves anyway um like you basically have like 15 seconds to communicate who you are and like hook people and like i don't give a fuck if somebody doesn't like me in within 15 seconds because like chances are i don't fucking like them either and that's just the way that it is for me in my brain and like you can tell who wants to be around and who doesn't who's forcing themselves to and who's not and like i would genuinely be forcing myself to be waking up and putting makeup on and performing a specific like type of psychic if i really gave a shit about like like selling myself on social media if my way of marketing myself was different then yeah i would play that part but i've carved a career for myself because i don't want to do that shit 
Um, and I've lived that life and it ain't for me and it never was. So like, yeah, I'm, I'm not looking for like the high value or high ticket client or whatever the fuck it's called. Like the person who's going to spend $444 with me on my Reiki master certification. I don't even know how to say the words in Japanese. So it's like, why would I do that if I don't even like that person? I don't care if that person doesn't like me. I don't want that person's money. I don't want anybody's money, honestly. I want whatever is out there for me, and I want us all to have what we need. But, yeah, it's still a fucking business at the end of the day, and I do have to present myself to a certain standard. However, I do think that North America has been created through capitalism to not give a shit about what people are really like on the inside. And we're seeing people crashing and burning for that very thing right now where influencers influencers are being exposed for taking advantage of their audiences for taking money from their clients for not for overpromising and underdelivering and it's because we've gotten so lazy with just like accepting capitalism and the shit that we're being spoon-fed to think that like oh these people that have it all really look this way or live this way or act this way but it's no it's all filters it's edits it's different camera lenses and angles and whatever other bullshit they want to say it's basically just like putting on a costume to make the sale whereas i don't i don't fuck with that we already stated we're anarchists here um born and raised like it's it's just the way that i'm living my life is the way that I'm giving the readings to the people that are coming into my sphere for them. Like I don't attract the goddess early. Um, I attract whoever the fuck else doesn't feel like they fit into that. And if you do fit into that, that's cool. There are readers out there for you. I'm just saying that I'm not one of them. And like, I could give you a valuable service, but you're probably not looking for someone who looks and acts like me to tell because I'm just going to be like shooting shit with you and saying like real shit and maybe you're going to be uncomfortable with that because I didn't mention your twin flame or whatever which by the way is not real so yeah it's it really with me especially as an autistic person it there's no underlying bullshit there it, it is like what you see is what you get for the most part yes I do understand like how to be better and how to elevate myself to the occasion and to match the energy of where I'm performing. But at the end of the day, I'm still this bitch who grew up with no walls in their bathroom on Western road, you know, like. No, literally. And like, I, I fully, fully, fully agree. And damn, I had some thoughts in my head, but now I fucking forgot what they are. So that's not good. But um, like new ones. Yeah, I can just make new ones, exactly. Oh yeah, I wanted to tie this back to like both of us being non-binary. Um, I think that throughout my life, I was like always trans-masculine to, you know, any way that I could present myself. Um, and that was always just like an aesthetic that I always had that always seemed to differentiate with me from others and, um, even if you couldn't see it like I went to Catholic all-girls school for a long time like I I still had yeah for real I still had like the energy and like people still still could perceive my transness throughout like over top of me having any sort of femme haircut or you know uh the wearing the fucking kilt etc and I'm just thinking about how like trans people historically are have always had throughout different cultures have had like spiritual significance and have very often been 
known to have some sort of wisdom or like special spiritual connection. And this is something that I'm only like recently learning as I grow to like learn and appreciate about of different cultures. And that's also just something that affirms me that like, I don't have to wear makeup if I'm going to read at the fancy hotel. I don't have to dress some type of way. Like I, I am this person so I can just like fully lean into whatever gender presentation that I have or want or desire in this this time and like that also just further affirms my like psychic connection is because I'm like okay with whoever I am and I see the spiritual significance despite you know colonialism Catholicism and you know capitalism and how that you know has desperately wanted me to not be this person with this like different spiritual relationship to their gender and how that's never really been okay with me and so you know, that just further affirms that, like, oh, like, you're coming to see me at my house? Like, I am literally not going to get dressed. <laughs> like, I am literally going to continue wearing my baseball hat. Like, I have wisdom, and it surpasses, like, the presentation that you expect that someone with this wisdom would have. Also, let's just talk about how, like, classically the wise people in, like, medieval times, etc., like, storybook times, like, they're always, like, uh, long gray haired crazy looking people like Baba Yaga etc like all of them are, look like freaks like the yeah. hot priestess is not an aesthetic historically until like the last hundred years so yeah yeah <laughs> more colonialism and white supremacy for you uh again this is a personal opinion podcast you don't have to fucking take anything we say seriously but Take what you can, leave with you what you can't. Thank you, Grandma Claire, for that wisdom. R.I.P. Um, but yeah, my first, like, how you were saying, like, what your first, like, practitioners looked like. Yeah, my first, like, spiritual advisor slash medium was my mom. And my mom's style is heavily influenced by the Matrix, like, which was, like, a trans analogy written by not fucking white dudes you know and like so i yeah the what and my mom has always been very big on like it doesn't matter what people look like it does not fucking matter what people look like because you don't know what stories they have inside them and like we are in north america a fairly judgmental culture especially i've learned since moving out of ontario ontario is so fucking focused on appearance um versus anywhere i've been in alberta since living here it is very appearance focused and like that is a big culture shock for me having come from toronto where everybody is like trying to get to party at drake's fucking house um so it, which by the way not a big deal everybody in toronto with the bbl has partied at drake's house so you're not that special girl um speaking as a person who has been around people invited to drake's house but i did not have the bbl so i wasn't there um but yeah like i don't know i looks like i do appreciate aesthetic like in terms of i want my space to be beautiful so that's like the thing that if you do come to my space like my studio or wherever i go outside the world for reading i like to beautify my space i have cancer in the second house jupiter very very 
passionate about the things that I value and how things look pretty around me. I'm a very aesthetic oriented person. So I'm, I'm mostly looking at like when I'm looking for practitioner, what does your couch look like? What do the decks you use look like? What kind of software do you use for your astrology readings? Like how does your, do, like, do you take notes by hand or are you like an iPad girly, which I'm not, I've been writing all of my shit by hand, even when I was in university till the day I die, I give myself a like, carpal tunnel life. Um, but it, it, one of my astrology, my first astrologer actually like, he didn't give me half the shit that I give my clients. He gave me a piece of paper that he like wrote the literal birth chart on and was like, I'm going to go through it with you and we're going to record it. And that's all you get for your money. And that was sick. Now I feel like I got to give people like a five-star hotel slash salon slash Michelin star restaurant experience for my fucking $80 tarot and astrology reading. Like what the fuck? And I'm like, I'm not that bitch. I will package things neatly for you. And I will hopefully, I get into really ugly things in my readings because I, I'm the older sibling figure. And I kind of like draw that out of people. Like I, I don't think clients come to me until they're ready to hear what they don't want to hear, but they know they need to hear. And that goes for my friends as well, uh, which is great. I love knowing my place in people's life. It is very helpful for me and helps me provide the best service possible. So don't bother me unless you want to change your fucking life is what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, I can't remember where I was going with this, but um, period. I don't remember where I was going with this. <laughs> It's been like what an hour maybe of us talking like maybe yeah. we shouldn't have hour and a half podcast episodes. I'm feeling pretty satisfied with where we went with yeah. this. Yeah, who are? Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was good. I like it. We're just gonna again. We're gonna raw dog it. Upload it straight to Spotify for podcasters, which I have a huge issue with. You did not have to change Anchor like that. It was a perfect platform the way it was before you came in and bought it. Spotify. Fuck mm. you. Um, but unfortunately, we're at your mercy right now since you bought Anchor. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm just going to post the episode as is. Cool. Yeah, I love that. We don't need to edit until we get famous. And then maybe someone will sponsor us for it. Yeah, maybe we can actually pay someone to edit for us because there ain't no way that I'm going to do this shit on top of all the other shit I already do. So with that, thank you. This has been Cosmic Dice Hot Psychic Hotline, the podcast with us um follow us on instagram at cosmic dice hotline hell yeah call us one eight six six no no sorry no one Wrong. Eight, four four nine six seven like the pizza zero zero nine nine yeah the that's cool the hermit the hermit that's all you need to remember absolutely love it um cosmic dice hotline we're here for you all the time um call us or don't we'll see you another time goodbye <laughs> hell yeah goodbye oh sorry i had to come back so i can stop the recording <laughs> did it stop Stop recording. <laughs>